you're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ha! Got him! That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime in accordance with the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on all the new and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. And as always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tim. How's it going, Tim? What's up, Kyle? You know, I was excited to talk about the new Ahsoka trailer tonight, but once I found out the new uh, Lego set with the Jason figure, I'm not going to have green hair like we saw in Rebels. (laughs) I kind of lost all interest. uh, Feel free to continue on without me. (laughs) I had already forgotten about that. Uh, Because I was like, I remember seeing, I think it was like last weekend, obviously a few days before we got the trailer, I was like, like so this is what the Ahsoka talk is going on right now is all about how a Lego figure doesn't have green hair. It's like we need that trailer really soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They kept us waiting for a trailer for too long. That people just needed something to talk about, and uh, yeah, that became the latest discourse is the color of Jason Sandula's Lego hair, um, which I think is probably a smarter choice for live action. But that's a discussion <laughs> for another time. Um, I think it's just cool that we're getting a full like ghost and phantom Lego set. Um, But yeah, I think that did come out like over the weekend and that was, you know, the only Ahsoka news we had to talk about for a couple of days as it had been a long couple of weeks of waiting with bated breath. You know, there kept being rumors swirling around that we were going to get a new trailer soon. Um, And we finally got it. So that's what we're here to talk about tonight. Uh, That's also why it's just me and Tim because Paul uh doesn't want to watch trailers at this point and doesn't want to get himself spoiled on stuff which like more power to you but i am not that patient um (laughs) as we get closer it's not like i'm you know i i might start trying to stay away from like tv spots at a certain point once those start popping up all over the place but like when all we got was the teaser from celebration now we're getting a full official trailer uh don't mind me. I'm going to watch it over and over and over again and jump on here and talk about it. Paul can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, I don't see, I mean, like you said, more power to Paul because I can never do that. <laughs> Once this trailer dropped, um, I was, first of all, I had to wait like an hour and a half before I got to see it before <laughs> I got to take my break at work. And even then I was like, I only watched it once um, over the course of the eight hour workday because I, I at least wanted to see it to because there's no way I could make it through the whole day. But at the same time, I couldn't have the volume very loud on my phone because it's not just me in the break room and then I don't want to disrupt it like anyone. <laughs> and also, too, I want to have it like blasting so I could hear the dialogue <laughs> really well. So it's something like 
one of the longest work days ever. <laughs> Trying to <laughs> only see it once, but then afterwards, uh, just watching it a bunch of times over and over, just taking it all in because it was amazing. And even though I saw it just that one time, uh, I could have stopped thinking about it and was just anticipating to watch it again uh, later that night. So yeah, it was awesome to finally get it. Uh, like you said, after what felt like a long time waiting, after we kept hearing some buzz as far as um, when it might be coming out. But it's here now, and I cannot wait to start talking about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we're just going to dive right in. I mean, there's been a couple other, you know, recent news items or things we could talk about, but I think we'll just save that for our next episode. Um, we actually were going to record last week, um, and we've been planning to do an episode kind of catching up on some recent news and talking about uh, the Mandalorian Season 3 Disney Gallery that just came out, and then kind of just having another discussion about Mando Season 3, kind of retrospective, especially because Paul wasn't here for a lot of those episodes. And, um, and then we also still have our uh, Mando season three panel that Tim and I did with Jason at Phoenix Fan Fusion. And that's our last uh, panel from there that we're going to um, give you guys the audio for as well. So we were going to do that last week and then um, kind of had some scheduling conflicts. And we were like, well, let's just do that in another two weeks because um, we've been trying to record every, you know, every two weeks pretty much so far this year. So we're like, well, let's just put that, push that back another two weeks. We'll all make sure we can be there for that. But then if we get in the Soga trailer between now and then, Tim and I are jumping on to record an episode just for that. And sure enough, we got it. So here we are. Um, and let's just dive right into this Soga trailer, shall we? And look, there's enough stuff here. There's enough exciting, juicy details. This is going to be a good old-fashioned Star Wars The Saga Continues trailer review deep dive <laughs> where we're not just talking about highlights or favorite moments or what we're excited about from the season. No, we're going to go through this thing, um, maybe not exactly shot by shot, but kind of scene by scene and talk about all these big moments in the trailer kind of in the order they happen. Um, and it starts right off with um, a actually a cool shot of a familiar shuttle. Um, not Ahsoka's, but this one that I'm assuming is uh, belonging to Balin and Shin. Um, but it's another one of these old, um, I guess maybe not a Jedi shuttle, but like a Republic shuttle that we've seen in Clone Wars. It's the same one that Palpatine goes to uh, Mandalorian, I'm pretty sure. Um, so we see this old Clone Wars era Republic shuttle flying towards a uh, a new Republic ship. Um you know, we see Balin and Shin on the ship, lightsabers out, cutting down New Republic soldiers. And Balin says that war is inevitable and uh, you have to destroy in order to create. Um, and I like I love this trailer because it almost plays out like its own little mini Star Wars story. Right. Where like in the beginning, hmm. you're immediately establishing the threat. You got the bad guys kind of making their, their presence known. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is the first scene of the first episode. Um, thinking the same thing because <laughs> you can almost see this as like a title crawl and then the the stars pan down and then this shuttle comes flying overhead right towards this republic cruiser um kind of like almost the inverse of like the beginning of phantom menace um where instead of jedi going to board a ship it's the bad guys going to board a ship and start just you know cutting people down yeah. um and all of a sudden we're like the new republic officers there are expecting um not necessarily jedi because I still don't think there would be really too many Jedi around just yet as Lucas is barely starting to build his school and temple at that time. But maybe there's this expecting a friendly ally or something and then just were surprised to see Balin and Shin and then just they just go on an attack. And because it almost seems like they're going to mention the word Jedi to them because there's 
the first line, there's a lot of dialogue in this trailer that stood out to me, but the first one is when Balin just says, we are no Jedi. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously referencing Ahsoka's now, I think, uh, iconic line of her saying that, um, except it's we instead of I, but still invoking that same uh, feeling there. So uh, and I definitely think that was intentional. <laughs> but um, Well, I don't know that it's necessarily, I mean, it is kind of framed the same way, but I don't know that it's meant necessarily as a callback to Ahsoka so much as just sort of establishing um, who uh, Balin and Shin are. And I don't know if we've really talked about this yet, but there was like an interview or something where they confirmed that um, at least Balin is a surviving Jedi um, who survived Order 66 and is now, uh, I think they just described him as working as a mercenary, but I'm sure there'll be more to it than that. Um, But of course we see in this trailer that it looks like, you know, he is working to uh, help bring about Thrawn's return. Um, But yeah, when he says that line, we are no Jedi, I'm assuming, especially knowing Dave and some of the stuff that we've seen in Clone Wars before, um, because I know Dave kind of likes to play with this idea that like the galaxy at large is not really familiar with the Jedi and they see anybody with uh, a lightsaber or force powers and they're just going to assume they're a Jedi like they're not super familiar with the Jedi and they're even less familiar with the Sith. Mm -hmm. Um, And these guys are not Sith, but, you know, they've got the orange lightsabers They're you know, their allegiances seem like they might be kind of, um, I don't know, uncertain, but like definitely on the the bad guy side of things. Um, But I'm assuming these guys are probably like, maybe they pull out lightsabers or even they just see their their robes in this old Jedi shuttle and stuff. And maybe they assume they're Jedi. Um, Maybe, maybe Luke has established more of his school at this point. And like you said, maybe they are expecting someone from, uh, from Luke's school and like Balin intercepts them first or something, or again, maybe just whoever is on the ship, like has some sort of knowledge of the Jedi. Um, but then I think it's just going to be like, you know, kind of flipping that idea on its head and being like, Nope, just cause we got robes and lightsabers. We are not Jedi. Um, and we're going to you know see right off the bat that these guys are not to be trifled with. Yeah. But I, I do think too, it's kind of like the opposite of what Ahsoka says that line and then how, you know, even though she says she's not a Jedi, she's obviously still uh, a force for good and using the light side. Where mm-hmm. these ones are obviously, they're saying a line similar to that, saying they're no Jedi, but kind of doing it in the opposite way with the dark side, killing all these people and just wanting power. So I think there is going to kind of be that distinction uh, between like something that's similar in meaning, but yet in to- the two different characters are going about it in a totally different way as being as former Jedis themselves. Mm-hmm. yeah and i'm really interested to see just sort of what that whole backstory is um you know with, with balin and how he got to this point there's yeah. some more interesting stuff with him later in the trailer but we'll get to that because um, to be honest, um when i found out that he was just another order 66 survivor and a former jedi i was a little disappointed um that it was kind of his character just this history set so basic and something we've seen before. But like you said, I think eventually we're going to learn more about him and having a different, I guess, goal or feel a different path that he has to fall or face or go down um, at this point. So I think we'll definitely learn more about it where it's just not your typical case of a Jedi surviving order 66 or, you know, what a former Jedi becoming an inquisitor and going to the dark side. It's not going to be like that, but um, there's, like you said, stuff that hasn't been revealed about him yet that I'm sure we'll find out over the course of the series. And like you said, more lines of dialogue that he mentions later that was pretty exciting. So, yeah, yeah, there definitely is room for a lot of 
you know, a lot more nuanced than just, oh, Order 66 survivor who's now working as a mercenary. Like they can build in a lot of complexity and a lot of different aspects to his backstory with that. Um, but yeah, just some great action shots in this first part with, you know, the lightsabers, the blasters, him using the force and just throwing people all over the place. Um, and just, you know, like I said, I, if this is going to be, uh, sort of the first scene that Balin and Shin are introduced in, I think it's going to be, uh, just, you know, a great way to kick this off and, um, introduce us to what are looking to be some really cool new villains. Yeah, and I like what you said too about because I didn't think about it while watching it, but um, now, now that you said how it's kind of mirrors a little bit, the opening to Phantom Menace with Qui Gon in Obi Wan, but even like on an action front too, if we kind of get something similar, because it looks like both Shin and Baylor are going to be taking down these soldiers as they make their way to the bridge of the ship, and just as you <laughs> mentioned, be, being the opposite of uh, Obi Wan and Qui Gon uh, facing down those battle droids and. The Phantom Menace, but yet we're seeing almost a dark side version of that. So that was a good call there. And uh, will be something that, you know, I don't know if it's a, another thing that was intentional to kind of mirror the opening to episode one, if this does indeed um, kick the show off with the sequence. But um, still, now that you mentioned, I, I'm getting those vibes there where it's just like the dark side version of that with the master yeah. and apprentice just boarding the ship and just taking down all, all the enemies in their path. I mean, it's Dave, so, you know, anything yeah. <laughs> that seems like a parallel to the prequels is probably not there by accident. Um, You're right. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I just, I can't wait to see what he does with all this stuff. Um, but then, of course, you know, we get this cool red Lucasfilm logo, and then uh, we see Ahsoka, you know, exploring, you know, these, these temples and ruins and stuff, and talking again about that line of... Um, hearing whispers of Thrawn's return as heir to the empire. We see, you know, that shot of Thrawn from behind again that we saw in the first trailer. Um, and then we see uh, a shot of Balin and Shin on what looks to be some new planet that we probably haven't seen before, but approaching a structure that looks very similar to uh, the, like the Jedi seeing stone on Tython that, uh, Grogu uses in Mando season two. And it's kind of this similar structure of like a circle of, of, you know, sort of tall rock structures that are all pointed up in the air. Um, and you've got their ship there landed, they're walking up to it. And, uh, Morgan Elsbeth is there as well. Um, again, who we know as the magistrate from uh, season two of Mando. And we knew that she was going to be in this show, but again, it's like, we're starting to see the pieces come together a little bit more. We see her working with Balin and Shin and all of them together talking about Thrawn and Shin says like, you know, what happens when we find Thrawn and Balin says like power beyond your wildest imagination or something, but also, Morgan is sort of manipulating this like uh, like hologram of a galaxy map, um, and it it raises this big, huge like holographic sphere thing all around them with these you know markings and, and paths and stuff. Um, and I don't know, this really has a similar type of vibe to the Rakata star maps from KOTOR. <laughs> so this could be Dave bringing in another element of, uh, you know, some Star Wars legends and bringing this into canon. Um, but, I, I, you know, whether it directly is that or it's more of a, uh, you know, just sort of an indirect callback or something, regardless, this definitely seems to be some sort of star map or compass or something that they're probably going to you know use to try to find Thrawn out in the unknown regions or wherever he's at so um 
Yeah, I mean, it's just a really cool visual, a cool looking planet, cool looking, you know, technology and map and everything. And then, uh, you know, kind of seeing all of our, uh, I guess, all of our second tier villains coming together to look for uh, the big bad. And it's going to be really interesting to see, like, obviously, we know we're going to see Thrawn in this series because we see a couple shots of him here in the trailer. Um, But I wonder if he really is going to be like the big bad for this show. And if you know, if we're going to have like big confrontations with Thrawn over the course of the series, or if he is going to kind of be more of like the MacGuffin, you know, the background threat waiting to emerge and then like doesn't sort of fully reveal himself until the end of the series. And then that's what leads into the movie. And that's really when he sort of takes center stage as the bad guy. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm thinking it's going to go where he'll obviously have a presence and will be felt throughout the course of the series. But um, to where he's the full blown bad guy antagonist of a story i think that's going to be saved for dave's eventual movie um and where i think balin and shin are going to kind of serve as the main antagonist in this series and then of course leading up to thrawn but yeah it just makes me think too as far as um them being with the magistrate um because now that i just said kind of putting pieces together um i'm wondering if where we see them attacking that new Republic cruiser, if they're doing that to free the magistrate, who we know probably is in new Republic oh, custody. Oh, that's a good point. And then obviously they are probably successful in freeing her. And that's maybe their first stop is that planet. That's um, a good point. I didn't think about that, but you might be right. Cause yeah, I'm like, how was she out and about and still, you know, did Ahsoka just be like, where is Thrawn? And then she's like, I don't know. And then Ahsoka's like, okay, cool. And leaves like, you know, how did that confrontation mm-hmm. end? So um, yeah, if she got captured by the new Republic and then these guys go to free her, that I think you could be onto something there. <laughs> and then I'm just thinking too about Balin's dialogue in that moment where it says like, absolute power when they find Thrawn. I wonder if he's thinking of something more other than Thrawn. Well, not necessarily Thrawn is going to bring that power in his eyes, in his eyes, but maybe it's the location on where Thrawn's at that he's mainly interested in where he thinks full power is going to be. Because maybe it is, Thrawn is stuck somewhere and him, him and Ezra went to a place that is really strong with the Force or has something there that um, has the power that Balin watch wants, and the only reason he wants to help the magistrate bring in bring back Thrawn is to find that location to where he's at. Because um, yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to be just kind of full blown wanting to bring Thrawn back for the Empire. I just have a feeling he's going to have his own motivations in wanting to find Thrawn um, for his own gains, and not necessarily to help restore the Empire in any way. So again, just one of those things where. I'm just looking forward to finding out more about Balin's character and what his true motives are going to be in wanting to find Thrawn here. Mm-hmm. Um, and but before that scene, there was another thing I wanted to mention real quick was was a cool shot where we see Ahsoka going into that familiar uh, temporal ruins, and we get a little more like another look inside of what she's looking at. And there's like that artwork uh, in the that's engraved on the wall there. It's like when I first saw, like, oh, is this going to be another one of like those paintings of uh, the father, the son, and the daughter from Mortis, like we saw in mm. Rebels. But um, it is definitely something different than that. But um, maybe they're somehow connected <laughs> to each other. I don't know if this is an ancient Jedi or um, something where we are going to see something similar to what we saw that painting on Lothal with the Mortis gods. But there's a part of me that still really hopes we're going to get a full-blown Mortis connection here, too, like we got 
in season four of Rebels uh, too. So hopefully this isn't the only uh, ancient Jedi or temple location that Ahsoka is going to be exploring because um, it would be awesome to see just more of that mortar stuff connection in live action. Like we're seeing all this other great stuff from Rebels be brought into live action. If they can throw that in there too, that would be great. But seeing that one image of that um, piece of artwork in the temple there just made me immediately think back to uh, the artwork of son, father, and daughter on Lothal in those uh, episodes that leads to the world between worlds, which, uh, you know, <laughs> is one of my favorite, or the my favorite episode of the entire series of Rebels, but just one of my favorite Star Wars stories ever. And I'm uh, looking for any connection I can <laughs> to that in this Ahsoka series, which um, I think there will be, maybe not as much as I would really want, but <laughs> um, th there's all going to be these tie-in stuff together that, um, obviously know we're going to get um, from Rebels. So, but I did like seeing this new piece of um, structure and kind of artwork in this uh, new temple that Ahsoka was uh, exploring here. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I love that World Between Worlds episode and I love sort of the concept of it, but I also feel like it's one of those things that you have to be very careful about going back to that well too many times because it is essentially like the Star Wars, Star Wars equivalent of time travel. Um, and so I'm like, I don't know that I, I don't think I really want them to sort of like full blown dive into that again in this series. But at the same time, it is cool to have any sort of like just imagery and things that kind of evoke that. Or like you said, even just like the Mortis gods and stuff like that. Um, and I love anything having to do with like ancient Jedi ruins and texts and, and artifacts and stuff like that. And so I'm really interested too, to see just what Ahsoka is looking for in this temple and this figure that she's looking at. Um, you know, looks like it's holding some sort of like gold orb with markings on it. And mm -hmm. so maybe that, I mean, maybe that's a different artifact altogether, but maybe she is also looking for uh, some similar sort of like star map that leads to Thrawn, or maybe she's looking for something else. I don't know. Um, but yeah, really excited to see, you know, just sort of what she's up to um, at the beginning of the series as well. And also, I mean, one thing that I'm looking forward to um and we'll kind of we can talk about this more later because I think the trailer definitely kind of alludes to it. But I think we are going to go back and fill in some gaps as far as what she's been up to in the past few years. Yeah. Because um, if you think about it, I mean, this is now like 10 years after the end of Rebels. Um, 10 plus years, if you believe John Favreau saying that apparently there's supposed to be two years worth of time in between Mando season two and season three. Um, but, you know, at least 10 years or so between you know, rebels and now. And so, you know, I, I, I wouldn't really want it to just sort of pick up with Ahsoka, like right at the end of where we saw her in Mando and book of Boba Fett and then just be like, okay, going to pick up Sabine. It's the scene from the end of rebels and you know, we're off. Um, I'm glad that, you know, it seems like we'll get, I don't know if necessarily flashbacks or just maybe some things taking place before that and working up to those moments um, or exactly how they're going to structure it. But it seems like we will at least get some sense of like what she's been up to during that time period before they uh, sort of shoot off on this new adventure. I mean, I would think we would, hopefully this would be the place where we find out how she got off of Malachor and just finally find out. I mean, we know obviously as we pulled her out that she went back in, but um, just, I guess the time frame as far as how long she was stuck there. And so when she finally got out and, uh, gets to the point where we saw her in Mandalorian season two. So again, we don't know if there's going to be flashbacks, maybe um, not full-blown flashbacks, but hints and a shot or two here and there that indicates um, what she's been up to. But um, that's the one thing I really hope we are going to get flashbacks. 
and we kind of finally shed some light as far as actually what happens after she went back uh, to Malacourt and how she um, got out, not only just got off of the planet, but just how long she was actually there when she did go back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like I said, I don't know if we'll see that, but hopefully at least get some of that explained like through her backstory and stuff. Um, yeah, it would be, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of a key piece of info to fill in. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll see like how far back they go and just how much of that we all get. Um, but yeah, so we see, you know, Ahsoka in the temple, we see Thrawn, we see, uh, Balin and Shin with, uh, Morgan in the star map. And then we see a scene that we saw from the first trailer with, uh, Shin, you know, lightsaber ignited sort of charging onto the bridge of that new Republic ship and seemingly like cutting down the captain. Um, and then it cuts to what is one of my favorite shots in the whole trailer, which is just this wide sweeping shot of a new Republic fleet with a bunch of A-wings flying by, um, and this got me excited for two reasons. One of which, it just it just the vibe and the aesthetic and sort of the movement of it. It feels like something straight out of Rebels, but in live action. Mm. Um, which is funny because Rebels so closely tried to evoke the feel and look of the original trilogy. And so I guess what I'm really trying to say is this is just a really Star Wars shot. Um, that it is. <laughs> but also just seeing this big of a fleet amassed for the New Republic is already getting me excited thinking big space battle between these guys <laughs> and Thrawn. Um, again, I don't know if we'll see any of that in this series or if we're going to have to wait till the movie, but just seeing this big of a Republic fleet uh, together again is just making me think, oh man, I can't wait to see this in action again with these A-wings flying by and everything. Um because, I mean, if you think about it, it's really been since Rogue One that we got a good, you know, live action Star Wars space battle. Um, I mean, pretty much everything in the sequel trilogy was all like aerial battles or well, the beginning of Last Jedi was it was a different type of space battle. Yeah, but again, yeah, it's well, OK, yeah, I guess you could, you know, that was a pretty decent sized battle there, but um yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a difference there where they're just trying to take out one capital ship and escape. Um, and, again, you know, it was sort of like the resistance was this fledgling group that, you know, the they were clearly the underdogs. And so now we're seeing the, the New Republic kind of at the height of their power. We know from Mando that they have already started, like, decommissioning some of their fleet. Um, but still to kind of see, like, after the victory of the Rebel Alliance, see these guys more or less at the height of their uh, their military power and their galactic control. And then, again, just thinking about what it's going to be like seeing them go head-to-head -head with Thrawn in a massive space battle is just going to be incredible. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if... I mean, it's not really a clear-cut shot of it, but to me, it looks like the planet they're orbiting is Coruscant. Um, just from some of the... You almost see like the city lights that the exterior of the planet of Coruscant is kind of known mm. for when you see it out there. Um, I'm kind of going through it now on my phone, but it's like really dark and you can't really make it out. But I was watching it on my TV uh, last night. It definitely felt like they were uh, orbiting Coruscant there, which um, again, as we saw in Mandalorian season three, I mean, it was great to be back at Coruscant and there then to see it as a new Republic and to kind of see it again with um, kind of what's left of a fleet <laughs> that they still have. Um, I don't know if they're massing there for any particular reason, if it is going to be for, some type of space battle, but 
again, I, it's going to go back to the point where I think or the big fight against Ron will be saved for the actual movie, but uh, maybe they're just massing together for something else. But like you said, it's still a cool shot to see in this trailer. And um, as you mentioned, it just felt very Star Wars. <laughs> it was a very Star Wars shot, which was great. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and I mean, I think you're right. Obviously, the big climactic showdown with Thrawn is going to be in the movie, but we still could get, you know, some skirmishes or some smaller battles here or there. Um, I just can't wait to see what they're going to do with Thrawn as sort of a full-fledged, like, live-action villain. Because I feel like in Rebels, they kind of had to use him as, like, you know, like, as much as Rebels is some great Star Wars, it is, to some extent, a kid's show. And there were certainly moments where it kind of felt like, you know, you, like you had Vader in season two and I feel like they used him well, but it was like, you couldn't use him a lot because you can't kill off the main characters, but you also can't have the main characters getting away from Vader a bunch. And, and then I feel like in season three, they have the main characters get away from Thrawn a bunch, but then they would kind of explain it away as like, oh, Thrawn, let them get away because mm. he's scheming. Um, but it also kind of felt like an easy cop out to like not have the villain of the kids show just like slaughtering people. Um, and now that a, you know, this is a more mature, like live action show and B we're in a point where, I mean, obviously we know sort of what happens like 30 years after this in the sequel trilogy, but we don't really know what happens to Ahsoka or Hera or, you know, a lot of the, the stuff with the new Republic in this time period. And so I feel like they have a little bit more free reign to let Thrawn be dangerous. And, you know, like there's the characters don't have as much plot armor. Um, and I'm not saying I necessarily want to see him kill like Ahsoka or Hera or anything like that, but I think it would be cool if they, you know, maybe establish some new, like, you know, new Republic fleet commander or something and, you know, introduce this to him, make him a likable character that we get attached to. And then they come across Thrawn and just get slaughtered. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would be like, I just, oh, I can't wait to see again, like space battles in live action with Thrawn at the height of his power is just going to be nuts, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, it might be a slow build to that, but it's definitely going to be worth it. <laughs> yeah, we get, get like the first official kind of presence of Thrawn in live action felt in the series. Yeah, it's just going to whet our appetite so much. Yeah, and again, like I'm, I'm not expecting it anytime soon. Even if we do get it in the series, I'm sure it won't be like till towards the end. But again, just seeing this big New Republic fleet just gets me excited. Thinking about the possibilities of what we could see with this. Um. But then, of course, on this fleet, we see uh, Hera talking with the New Republic leadership. We also see the shot that we've seen from the previous trailer of her uh, flying the Phantom with Chopper. Um, I was a little surprised, like, after those pictures leaked of the Ghost Lego set, I thought, oh, maybe we'll see the Ghost in the uh, the official trailer. But we still didn't see that yet in here. Although there's a couple of shots of Hera in a cockpit that I'm pretty sure is the Ghost cockpit. But we don't see the exterior. Mm. Um but she says, uh, you know, she's talking with Mon Mothma and some of the other New Republic leaders and says, uh, like, I've spent most of my life fighting a war. And that's why I'm trying to help you or trying to convince you to help me prevent another one. Um, and so it seems like she's already in very much a similar predicament that Leia is in with the resistance in the sequel trilogy, where, you know, you got like a, a respected rebel general that people look up to, but she, you know, thinks there's this big, like it's a time of relative peace. And she feels like there's this big threat out there that nobody else wants to acknowledge or take action against. Um, 
but it seems like, you know, she and Ahsoka are going to be working closely together and uh, she's maybe helping Ahsoka investigate this. Um, and she tells her like, Hey, you and I both know who could help you with this. And they're talking about Sabine and Ahsoka says she's still just as stubborn as ever. Um, and over some of the next few shots, you know, we see Sabine on Lothal. Uh, we see her with Ahsoka and, uh, you know, Sabine says something to Ahsoka about like, uh, you know, you never made things easy for me, master. Um, and we also see, you know, the the shot in here of like the two of them um, together on Lothal when Ahsoka comes back with her ship and everything. Again, like that shot right out of the finale of Rebels. But again, getting more context here to suggest that we're going to be seeing some stuff that's maybe happened over the course of those 10 years and that Ahsoka maybe has been back to visit Sabine several times that, you know, at some point she maybe even was training her. Um, now it's been a big sort of topic of debate and big point of discussion after this trailer came out, like, is Sabine actually force sensitive? Is Ahsoka trying to train her as a Jedi? Was she just continuing to train her in the ways of the lightsaber because she had done that with Kanan with the dark saber? Um, but you know, we certainly get the, the sense here that, um, they had done some amount of training together and that, um, Sabine, you know, views Ahsoka as some sort of a master figure, but that they also have sort of a contentious relationship. And Ahsoka thinks that Sabine is stubborn. Um, and that, uh, you know, for them to go on this quest to find Ezra and Thrawn, they're going to kind of have to bury the hatchet and put their differences aside and, um, sort of learn to work together and, and get along. Um, I don't know, sort of like Kanan and Ezra's journey in Rebels. So, um, you know, I think that's going to be cool to see. And kind of like, you know, Ahsoka's journey with Anakin as well. And they even mentioned that, um, you know, there's a shot where Hera says, uh, she's like, oh, I'm sure your master found you difficult at times. And Ahsoka says, you know, Anakin never got to finish my training. I walked away from him just like I walked away from Sabine. Um, so, yeah, really interested to see that dynamic play out. I was not expecting that, that we were going to get um, a sort of more layered relationship between Ahsoka and Sabine with, uh, you know, more to it over these past 10 years than we kind of knew was there. So, um, yeah, leave it to Dave to, uh, you know, kind of do the unexpected and surprises like that. He always does, you know, great work with these characters, but I'm really excited to kind of see what that's all about. Boy, this was the biggest, I guess, bombshell dropped in this trailer. <laughs> uh, moment where Sabine just uh, calls Ahsoka master. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> I mean, are they hinting at she was force sensitive here or is it just like, as you mentioned, is it just because of Ahsoka was training her more in lightsaber combat? Because we know we're going to see Sabine use the lightsaber in this series here, but it just opened up all these questions because they really did. I was trying to think um, they really didn't have much interaction together in rebels, uh, Ahsoka and the Sabine. Obviously Ahsoka was mainly with Kanan and Ezra. Yeah. Um, but again, oh man, this is where I'm going to, go down the well as far as go down the well this is where i'm so curious and just wondering the time frame and how these episodes are going to play out between ahsoka and sabine which all goes back to that final shot in rebels and that epilogue where we see ahsoka the white with sabine ready to go find ezra but now um, as yoda says we're gonna have to unlearn what we have learned because i think this is going to play out so differently now than maybe what we thought was happening once we saw the Rebels finale and once um, we kind of got a first look at that moment in the first Ahsoka teaser. But because obviously just in this trailer alone, we see Ahsoka 
talking with Sabine. Once kind of Hera suggests suggests that Sabine can help her, and they talk about the whole thing about her walking away from Anakin and her walking away from Sabine, which was another surprise to me too, because um, I was thinking, because when I saw it just the first time and I couldn't have the volume all the way up, but that line of dialogue stood out to me. But at the same time, as I was thinking about it throughout the day before I got to watch it again, I was kind of thinking that it was, you know, Sabine who walked away from Ahsoka. And then when I watched it again and they said, no, Ahsoka said, I walked away from my master just as I walked away from Sabine and just made me think, oh man, Ahsoka did that twice. She walked away from as an apprentice and then also as a master. And again, we don't know if it was actually training Sabine as a Jedi, but still in a master and apprentice type of relationship or a teacher and a student. Um, either way, she walked away from her student there. So again, just more fascinating stuff that we're learning about Ahsoka and her character and where she's at at this moment in her life and in this period of the saga. But just thinking too, as far as that ending of Rebels, because in this trailer, we see her meet Sabine when she has her long hair and looks like um, they're going to do a mission together on Lothal. And then eventually, like I don't know if something like Sabine's hesitant and she has to be talked into going with Ahsoka to take care of this mission and maybe it goes good. And then she realizes, okay, we can work together again. And then uh, that's where she cuts uh, her hair and they go off on the journey to find Ezra and find Thrawn. Or is that moment with her long hair on that action sequence we're seeing on Lothal, is that something that took place a while ago? And maybe it's an episode dedicated to a flashback where we kind of see them as master and apprentice, teacher and student. And maybe we see in this moment, their relationship um, kind of break down and where Ahsoka leaves Sabine at that moment. And then we catch up a few years later to the present. And then um, she meets Sabine again, where she says the line, oh, I see you cut your hair. And they're then they set off on, I guess, the main uh, journey that they're going to go on in the course of this series. But um, I think we got to prepare ourselves, though, for a change coming with Ahsoka the White. <laughs> I think Dave oh, yeah. might be switching things up here where um, it's going to almost be something like the Bad Batch first episode with Kanan and Depo Balava in Order 66, where things are going to play out somewhat similarly, but different. I think Dave is probably going to save the transformation from Ahsoka the Grey to Ahsoka the White, maybe at the course of the end of this series now, instead of this moment that we saw at the end of Rebels. I think we're going to obviously going to see that moment in Rebels, but it's going to be different now where it won't be Ahsoka in the White Rose because we do see a shot of her where she says that line. Um, I see you cut your hair and she just has a gray cloak on just kind of as we've seen her before in other shots of the trailer. So um, I, I just think everyone better be prepared for that. <laughs> where we see that moment from the finale of Rebels play out and then we see Ahsoka again, but she's not in white and she doesn't have the staff. Um, again, that finale of Rebels was a while ago now, and I'm sure Dave got new ideas to do for the story and, and what he wants to do for Ahsoka as a character in this series, and maybe just felt um, it would be better for her over the course of the journey she's going to take in, over the course in this series that it would make more sense for her to become that Ahsoka the White type character at the end of this series rather than when we saw her, saw her in that Rebels epilogue there. So um, again, I'm still not crystal clear how the time frame and the timeline is going to play out uh, between her getting reconnected with uh, Sabine. But that's like the main thing I'm like really fascinated right now <laughs> when, when we see the trailer is just um, 
how this all is going to take place in their relationship now that we knew they had as a student and a teacher. So I'm just fascinated about that stuff. I just can't wait to see where, how it all finally lines up, lines up in the timeline. And we get a real crystal clear picture as far as how things um, were for them and how things are going to move forward for them um, once they reconnect in the series. Yeah, I, like you said, definitely don't cling too tightly to the whole Ahsoka the White thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they just do away with that entirely. Really? Um, See, hello, Dave has made such strong connections to Ahsoka and Gandalf so many times over the course of, I think during the, the end of Clone Wars and in Rebels especially, that I can't see him losing that type of uh, trajectory for a character and that journey for her to go on. I just don't see him losing that. I just think he pushed it back a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe again, you're right. Maybe she she becomes that at the end of her journey through this series or the movie or at some point. I mean, because here's the other thing. Remember in um, Rise of Skywalker, you hear Ahsoka's voice among all those other, you know, the, the mm. voices of the Jedi from the past that are talking to Rey and everybody just kind of assumed, oh, Ahsoka's dead by that point. And Dave is like, you know, you, I, I mean, I, I've even heard quotes where Dave, you know, kind of directly is like, if you think that's the only possibility, then like, you're not paying attention. Like you haven't learned the lessons of Star Wars. Like, you know, you need to be like Yoda and unlearn what you have learned. Um, because, you know, the always in motion is the future and the force works in mysterious ways. And, you know, just like, don't always take things for, for what they appear at face value. So maybe he could work that into something where like, maybe Ahsoka does quote unquote die just like Gandalf seemingly does in Lord of the Rings and then come back somehow in a different form. And maybe that's the Ahsoka the White thing or whatever. Or maybe that's all, you know, way off in the future. But even if we do see her like in the white robe at some point, like, yeah, sure, they could still do that at some other point. But I could also see that being just sort of like something symbolic he sort of did for the end of Rebels. And then when thinking about it more practically for, mm -hmm. okay, now we're back in live action and have to have to actually continue this story. Um, and she and Sabine are going off looking for Ezra and Thrawn. It makes a lot more sense for her to kind of be in a, a traveling cloak and tunic, you know, that she can move around in and use her lightsabers and stuff rather than this sort of ceremonial looking robe with a staff and everything i mean it was a very cool like visual for the end of rebels um and kind of what it would signify it almost as like a beacon sort of beckoning sabine towards like the next part of her journey um but yeah like if we if we never see that in live action i'm not gonna lose sleep over it because like you said they're two different stories we've seen them make changes like that in the past even uh you know season seven of clone wars didn't line up with everything from like the ahsoka novel and you know like you said the bad batch and the canaan comics and stuff um you know the as much as canon and continuity and stuff is important i think they're going to do what's best for the story at the end of the day for you know the particular story that they're telling so i'm not too hung up on that um as far as whether or not we'll actually see her in that white robe um but yeah like you said the timeline is going to be interesting um, I think the, like, it's pretty clear that, you know, there's the moment where she, she's looking at the mural, she's cut her hair, um, and she decides to go off with Ahsoka, and it seems like that's the moment from the end of Rebels, but then obviously, like, they've been together on Lothal before, um, and that could be right before that moment, it could be way before that moment, these could be flashbacks, like, we don't know. Also, you talked about, um, 
maybe her and Ahsoka going on a mission together on Lothal. I didn't even necessarily get that sense of it. Like, because all we see is Sabine, like on a speeder bike going down that main road on Lothal and there's a ship coming up next to her, which I guess is like a, an E-wing starfighter from the mm -hmm. EU. Um, so of course something else that Dave's bringing in from legends, but it's like, we don't know if that's Ahsoka in that ship or something else. Um, and then, you know, you see the ship kind of try to land in the middle of the road to like block Sabine and she just like skids her speeder under it and keeps going. So we don't know if that's her and Ahsoka together and that's them kind of butting heads or if it's maybe her kind of just being reckless and like going against the authority on Lothal or whatever. Um, I don't know, but I think that's more just to kind of show uh, Sabine and, and sort of the rebellious place that she's in. Um, and then, like I said, how this, you know, this trailer almost has its own little like story to it, um, or is at least kind of like a condensed version of the story from the beginning of the show. You see her uh, looking at the, uh, the hologram of Ezra that we saw in the previous trailer, but we actually hear him talk this time. And he says, uh, as a Jedi, sometimes you have to make the decision no one else can, but I'm counting on you to see this through. And then we see her in the armor and we see her cutting her hair. Um, and then, uh, you know, and taking up her helmet again and stuff. And then she, you know, we see her and Ahsoka in front of the mural. Um, and it seems like, you know, that's when they go off on their adventure together. So, yeah, I don't know exactly what the timeline is going to be and what sort of the order of events is going to be. But, um, you know, again, you kind of at least get the gist from here that, like, you know, they they had some sort of master and student relationship. They butted heads. They parted ways. They came back together um, and kind of had to overcome that. And now they're finally um you know uh making amends and uh getting together to go on this mission to try to get um you know get Ezra back um and i have to think too that maybe you know i, I think Ahsoka wouldn't be coming here just to um sort of reconcile but maybe she's found some new information or a new lead or something that's like hey you know we like there's a, a reason why she's coming back now um, you know, and a, a reason why they're they're trying to go after this. And I think, you know, again, whatever she's looking for in that temple, maybe it points her in that direction of, uh, hey, we've got a new clue towards where, where Ezra and Thrawn are or something like that. Yeah, because it seems like she's reluctant to go back to Sabine. And even from what Hera was saying, it seems like they're first reaching out to the New Republic to maybe yeah. act on what they discovered. And it probably seems like the New Republic is not going to be much help <laughs> to Hera mm -hmm. and Ahsoka. So that's probably where Hera suggests um reuniting with Sabine. Man, and just as I'm thinking about it more, even from the last trailer, there's that line where Sabine, again with her long hair, says to Ahsoka, it's been a long time. So like even when like it's almost like they have two reunions almost, it seems like where she goes back to she has the long hair, then um when she then she cuts it later on. Or maybe it is something where the events that happen when they get reunited that first time that really um triggers something in Sabine where she realizes she needs to go with Ahsoka to fulfill her promise with Ezra. And that's where uh, she does cuts her hair. And then we see the whole thing that we see in this trailer and the epilogue of Rebels. So I don't know. It could all just be something that takes place over the course of a more linear sense of the story that they're showing in the season. But again, it's, it's still kind of hard to pinpoint exactly how this is all going to go down in the time frame of everything. But uh, I can't stop thinking about it as far as how it's all going to fit. Yeah. Now, one other thing I got to mention, because I don't know if we actually see it in this trailer. 
Um, but talking about fitting things in with the timeline, because this was in the leaked trailer from Celebration, and then it was in the uh, the little, you know, they put out another preview like maybe a month ago or so, or like a few weeks ago, and it wasn't a full trailer, but it was like a 30-second spot that was um, mostly footage we'd seen already, but there were a couple of shots in there uh, from the leaked trailer from Celebration, and it was like the the new stuff that hadn't been released publicly. It was the stuff with Sabine with the lightsaber, um, and it's her like in her regular clothes with her long hair, uh, with the lightsaber, and it looks like she's fighting Shin in that like on on top of the tower on Lothal, um, or at least maybe somewhere on Lothal. But again, like it's, it's she's still got the long hair and everything, so. Maybe that's part of what, you know, changes mm. too. Maybe, I mean, who knows why it's pure speculation at this point, but maybe Balin and Shin come to Lothal looking for something, or maybe they specifically come after Sabine. Um, maybe just because she's part of the ghost crew and they maybe feel like they can use her to get to Ezra or Thrawn or whatever. And so, um, I don't know, maybe that makes Sabine reach out to Ahsoka or, you know, maybe they each kind of have their reasons for coming back to each other. Um, but that was just something I remembered that like, oh, that's another little wrinkle we have to throw in there as far as trying to figure out the, the timeline of things is it looks like there's going to be some sort of confrontation between Ahsoka or between uh, Sabine and Shin on Lothal before she goes off with Ahsoka. So um, That's right. I kind of forgot about that because obviously it wasn't in this trailer, but we did see that moment before, which was awesome. <laughs> that was the first time we were seeing or found out that Sabine was going to be using a lightsaber in the series. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a, definitely probably going to be a big moment. <laughs> so that's going to, uh, we'll see if it connects everything in the speculation that we have going on right now about the time period of all this stuff going down. Yeah. There's really plenty of lightsaber action in this show. That's for sure. Oh, yes. And no complaints for me about that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, so yeah, you know, Ahsoka says nice haircut and you know, they're ready to go hit the hyperspace. They're off. Um, I just got to say again, I mean, we've talked about this before, but we see a lot more of it in the trailer. Just how amazing it is seeing that end sequence of Rebels just be brought to life in live action. And it looks like it's just ripped straight out of animation per perfectly into live action. It's just incredible what they're doing and what Dave's uh, doing, bringing these characters that we know and love from Star Wars Rebels. And we're just so used to an animation it's a live action and it just just from this trailer just feeling so seamless and i think there's no better example of that than seeing something a scene we actually saw in animation now in live action and it feels uh just so right of how it's being done and handled yeah it, i mean it looks incredible not just the scene out of the end but again seeing Hera and chopper and the phantom and sabine and ezra and just all this stuff i'm like i keep thinking man if you could if i could go back in you know if i had a time machine and i could go back and show this trailer to myself like right after rebels ended or even back in 2008 you know right after clone wars and just knowing that we'd be seeing ahsoka in live action like this it would have just absolutely blown my mind <laughs> um but yeah like not even just the fact that we're getting these characters and these stories but it looks like they really have just nailed the you know the look and the tone and i mean it feels like just a, a seamless continuation yeah, I mean, it cannot help but feel that way after watching this trailer <laughs> numerous times and just, just be in awe of what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. And I'm so glad that this came along when it did, too. I mean, they even they also released, like, the day before this trailer came out, um, 
they released just sort of a little like featurette talking about the history of Ahsoka and sort of the journey towards, you know, how things lined up to, to make this show happen. Um, and they had some interview clips from Dave Filoni in there. And he talked about how, like, as soon as he started doing live action on the Mandalorian, like there were people on the crew that were star Wars fans that would ask him like, Hey, are like, are we doing Ahsoka? Is Ahsoka <laughs> going to be in this? Like you're here. Where's Ahsoka? Um, and he talked about how like he didn't want to bring her in right away because he wanted to like sort of figure out what he was doing first and he didn't want to rush it and like wanted to make sure they could do it right. Um, and so the fact that like he's now got a few years of live action directing under his belt with, you know, Mando season one and two and the Book of Boba Fett and we've been able to establish Ahsoka in a couple episodes of those of those series Um and to, you know, kind of gauge the public reception. And I know they even, you know, tweaked her look a little bit based off the fan reaction from some of those early episodes. And it's like, I feel like now is the right time to then sort of propel that into her own story. Um, but then, yeah, just bringing in all these Rebels elements and stuff too. Like, it's just, it's wild. Like, I remember when they first announced this, um, you know, we were thinking like, oh, cool, Ahsoka's going to get her own spinoff show. And then, you know, from Mando, like she asks about Thrawn. We're like, oh, so like we know she's going to be looking for Thrawn. Does that mean Ezra's going to be in it? Like, oh, if she's looking for Thrawn and Ezra, like could Sabine be in it? You know, things that seemed like these wild possibilities yeah. at the time. And now watching it's like, oh, of course, like this is just live action Rebel season five. But um you know, it's almost like it's taken sort of these slow teases over the last like three years to even get us like mentally prepared for everything we're going to get to see in the show. I know. And not including the stuff that um, they haven't shown or hinted at in the trailers at all <laughs> that we're expecting yeah. to see. Yeah, it's just wild, man. Like I am, I'm so ready for this and so not ready at the same time. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. But yeah, then, you know, the, the last minute of this trailer just launches into a bunch of cool action-packed stuff. Um, you know, we see some some more kind of expanded versions of scenes that we'd seen from the first trailer, like Ahsoka on this planet where it looks like there's a big, like, scrapyard or something, and she's dueling an Inquisitor and uh, one of the Magistrate's assassin droids and just doing some cool lightsaber moves. Um you know, we see uh, another shot of Sabine looking at the mural and touching Ezra's face, which, again, it's just so wild seeing that sort of, like, iconic mural of the ghost crew from the end of Rebel Season 4, just seeing this in live action now. Um, just, again, it's just another one of those things, that, like, it feels like it's straight out of the animated series, and now we're just, we're continuing straight on with this in live action, and it's just, it's wild, man. I know, yeah. It's still, uh, again, just going back to what we were just talking about, that mural is how it looks exactly how it did in Rebels. And it's obviously the characters as they were designed in animation. And we're seeing that same design look in animation. And it just fits so perfectly. It's just it's just awesome. <laughs> just, there's no other way to describe it for being fans of the series. And a series that had its own nice fitting end to its story. But now that now we're going to see it continue. I mean, obviously, the question was still left about Ezra and where is he? But for mm -hmm. the most part, it had a nice, satisfying ending as far as having some closure for most of the characters. But now that we are going to get that story of them looking for Ezra and just and having it be in live action, nonetheless, but yet being just a great translation of 
these characters um, from animation to live action is again <laughs> we've said it before but probably be saying a lot not only now but over the course when we're talking about each episode of the series but they're just doing such an awesome job and i mean it all pretty much started um just back in season two of the mandalorian with bo katana just how what a great job of bringing her into from animation into live action it's only just gotten better and better with each new character they do that with so and like ahsoka the series is going to be kind of the culmination of all that um from what we know and love from star wars animation and it's just great to know that um because sadly as much as we love clone wars and rebels it's not on the massive scale that the live action star wars movies and now tv shows um are seen by a mass audience and now that uh this series is going to be the first introduction to a lot of these characters um through this uh or seeing the characters from rebels in ahsoka for the first time in live action and this i just glad that they're going to be introduced to these great characters and hopefully they'll like them enough to go back and just watch rebels and want to know more about ahsoka watch her uh incredible story in clone wars unfold so it's just another opportunity just for more fans who may not have gotten into the animated stuff just to, to dive into it and hopefully come to love it as much as we do but for us who watched it from the beginning seeing all this stuff now in the ahsoka series and live action is just such a trip <laughs> to see mm -hmm. yeah and i i mean i have to imagine this definitely is gonna stir up even more interest for rebels and clone wars obviously a lot of people have been saying online you know for months now like hey you know watch if you haven't watched rebels yet this is your chance before ahsoka comes out we even talked about that at one of our panels at fan fusion you know telling people to go check it out so um i think there's definitely uh, kind of a, a renewed interest in those shows um, just, you know, in the buildup to all this. And then, you know, once it's released just for general audiences who haven't checked this stuff out, like I, you know, I hope that the show, you know, really is able to hook them in and, and make them fall in love with these characters and then get them to check that stuff out as well. Yeah. And I need to get started on my Rebels rewatch <laughs> as I was thinking about. Man, you got a month. I know I'm probably not going to do all of it because now I'm even thinking, man, I should probably watch some essential Ahsoka Clone Wars episodes too <laughs> yeah. um, before going into the series. So I, I, it's probably just going to be essential episode focused on this rewatch. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I finished mine like a couple of months ago because I was I was watching it with my wife Allison who had never seen it before, um, and we had started like maybe a year ago or a couple years ago and then stopped and then picked it up again we're kind of like slowly making our way through it but it just kind of so happened that we were getting close to the end of it just as we we're you know as the, the lead up to ahsoka is starting to ramp up um so it wasn't like i was planning necessarily on doing a, a rewatch before ahsoka but the timing just kind of worked out well um but even now i'm i'm just you know with this trailer and everything i'm starting to get the itch again of like i'm not going to try to do a full series rewatch again but i'll probably go back and rewatch a few key episodes before ahsoka comes out um you know especially maybe like season four or just like the last couple episodes of rebels or something but well, and of course, um, Twilight of the Apprentice. That, that has to be at least if you're gonna yeah. watch one. Well, I've watched that. I've watched that so many times. That's not one that I need to like refresh my memory on. Well, not just like to refresh, that, but, but just to get you more hype because it is just one of the most iconic Star Wars moments ever. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna see what we're hoping to see in the series. I think you're definitely gonna want to watch that episode. Yeah, for episodes. sure. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's more more cool stuff towards the end of this trailer. I mean, we see it looks like 
there definitely will be some some space skirmishes or dogfights. I mean, we see a shot of, uh, you know, Ahsoka's Jedi shuttle with Sabine in like a gunner cockpit, like shooting down a ship that's coming at them. Um, we see a shot where I don't know if they're on a planet or in like a nebula or something, but there's like a pergil coming out of the clouds and they fly their ship around it and they're being chased by another ship that's shooting green lasers at them as they're like flying through the clouds and like through the tentacles of the pergil. Um, and I'm like, man, it's like a quick three shots, but that already is a sequence that I absolutely cannot wait to watch. Um, (laughs) I mean, it kind of gives me, uh, the same kind of vibes as like the scene from, um, season two of Mando, uh, when they're above the ice planet and he's getting chased by the two X-wings and they're like flying through the clouds. It's like that, but with Pergil involved, um, that's just I can already tell that's going to be a standout of uh, I'm assuming the early episodes. I mean, I think it's I think they said this is going to be eight episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with these trailers, it's always like just stuff from the first like three or four episodes, probably. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of awesome stuff later in the season that we can't even conceive of yet. But <laughs> of all the stuff that we've seen so far, this is definitely one of my favorite moments. Yeah, when it comes to space combat, aerial combat, that chase sequence where they're just flying through the course over tur- the Purgle and its tentacles, that just looks insanely cool. And obviously we got that little tease of live action Purgle in the season premiere of Mandalorian season three. And we knew they were just setting up for them to have mm-hmm. a presence in Ahsoka. And um looks like this is going to be one big moment with Purgle. And I still think they're going to say not just they're going to be involved in the series, not just for a big um spectacle sequence but just for story purposes as well because obviously they're the ones who took Ezra and Thrawn to who knows where and um maybe their first step is to try to track a Purgle and to have it lead them or at least put them on the right path to where Ezra and Thrawn could be so um not only just for what's going to be a really cool action sequence but just having them fit more into the overall story too is what I'm excited about but yeah just those shots um we got and because we did see that one shot where we see the head of the Purgle come out um, from the leaked celebration trailer, but seeing it in uh, crystal clear quality here in this trailer, it just looks absolutely fantastic. And yeah, it's, it's going to be a standout in the action sequence department, especially for space com or uh, ship combat stuff, because not only do they just have to fly through a pergo, but they're being chased um, by someone, which might be Shin, because we know she was, I think in the first trailer, had a shot of her in the ship um, shooting shooting at um, someone, I can't remember who, but uh, maybe just as part of that same sequence and it maybe leads them to this planet with where the Purgle's at, but it just looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's certainly a heck of a setting to have a chase sequence in. I just love the Purgle too. Like there's some of my favorite creatures in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, Agreed. I mean, Rebels was fantastic in that department. I mean, I I think I would have to say Loth Wolves are probably my favorite creatures in all of Star Wars, and Pergil might be right behind them. Um, And so, hey, maybe, you know, with with us getting some scenes with Sabine on Lothal, maybe we'll get to see Loth Wolves at the beginning of the show, too. Uh, I don't think Dave can resist not putting them in live action. That's true. <laughs> That's a very good point. Even if it's just like one standing on a in the background on a hill yeah. watching Sabine go by on her speeder or something like, I'm sure he's got to put them, you know, fit them in somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then just insert that Leonardo DiCaprio meme of pointing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like we're going to be doing that every five minutes. Right. <laughs> like there's going to be so many references and Easter eggs for the Clone Wars and Rebels fans in here. And it's just going to be awesome. 
but uh yeah i mean that that chase sequence looks amazing oh and then so there's like a conversation between ahsoka and sabine where uh ahsoka is saying if we don't stop thrawn everything will be in vain and we see his face um again you know this was in the the um the trailer they only showed at celebration but now we get thrawn revealed in all his glory and i gotta say he looks fantastic um I was, and, and I'll be honest, like seeing the leaked version from Celebration, I was slightly hesitant. Like he looked a little pale, like not quite dark blue enough and the eyes didn't look that red, but also like it wasn't very good quality. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to chalk it up to video quality and wait till we get like an official look at him. Um, and obviously this is just one shot here, but like he looks great. Like even compare it to... Um, I don't know. Some of the other things we see, like Ahsoka, everybody thought the head tails were too short. Cad Bane, everybody, you know, thought like, oh, he's he's too light or the eyes are too round or whatever. Like, I have zero criticisms about Thrawn. Now, granted, again, this is just one quick glimpse here, but like, I was, I was, a like, I was excited that they're getting Lars Mikkelsen back, but I was also like, is it really going to look like Thrawn or is it just going to kind of look like blue Lars Mikkelsen? But like... <laughs> No, like, I mean, yes, he, you can tell it's Lars Mikkelsen and he's blue, but I can't wait to see this version of live action Thrawn just, you know, in action. I can't wait to hear him talk. I can't wait to see him up to all his his schemes and plots and, uh, you know, uh, wrecking rebel fleets because he knows what kind of soup they like to eat on their home world. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just going to be fantastic. Yeah, it was great to finally get the official good quality <laughs> first look at Thrawn in this trailer. I'm glad they weren't holding not holding that shot of him off any longer. I was hoping that maybe we would hear him speak because that's just gonna really seal the deal how cool mm -hmm. <laughs> have Thrawn in live action and having it be the same voice, obviously, as Lars Mickelson is gonna be really cool and just gonna add to his presence <laughs> through the course of the series. Now, I was trying to get a good look. I mean Behind him, it looks like there's a stormtrooper behind him, or at least the helmet of a stormtrooper. I'm not sure if it's just something that's part of his collection, but it's like a different type of design to it. Where I mean, it has the look of a stormtrooper. It almost looks like there's like gold um, painting on it. It's not a clone trooper helmet. Definitely looks like a stormtrooper one from back here. But again, I can't get a good shot. But I did notice um, that it's either a trooper behind him or at least the helmet of one that's one that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I noticed that too. But like you said, it's too out of focus to really get a good look at what that is. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he's got some kind of new, like new kind of guards or troopers with him or something. It's um, kind of crazy too. Speaking of stormtroopers, like not having any stormtrooper presence in this trailer at all because they've kind of been a staple for most of the Star Wars TV show trailers. Uh, when you think about it, there's always some type of shots with stormtroopers or um, them being present that we know we'll see them eventually in the series, but. So far, yeah, that's I don't point. know if we're going to see any. Yeah, I guess. Well, we didn't really see Stormtroopers in Book of Boba Fett, right? True. Um, but yeah, every other Star Wars show so far, like Obi-Wan and or Mando, like they've all had Stormtroopers. And like you said, once once we see Thrawn sort of fully revealed and see um, sort of what kind of imp Imperial firepower he's got behind him, I'm sure we'll see some troopers in there. But um yeah, like they're they're obviously not sort of like the main villains at this point. But let's hope we see a clone trooper 
later on in the series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, uh, no look at Captain Rex in this trailer, but um, yeah, that's just one of those things that again, it's like, they can't not do that. Right. Um, <laughs> especially I when, say to myself. It, well, yeah. And especially like the fact that, I mean, you also can pretty much assume like it's all but confirmed that we're going to see Zeb in this show because they wouldn't go through all that work to make, you know, a, a full CGI model of Zeb and do motion capture and everything just for a Mandalorian cameo. Um, when they're about to do an Ahsoka show with all these rebels characters, like, you know, just like the Pergil, it's like, they didn't do that just for a cameo. There's gotta be more to that coming. Um, and so getting the whole ghost crew back together. I mean, if you think about it by like rebels season three and four, like Rex was almost a full-time member of the ghost crew at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and having Tamara Morrison back in the fold, like, and you know, he loves doing this stuff and just being a part of star Wars and be, you know, doing it for the fans and everything. So like, and I think he's even gone on record of saying that like he would love to play Captain Rex or, you know, do more stuff with the clone troopers. And so, um, yeah, I, I can't see us not at least getting a Rex cameo, if not having yeah. him play a surprisingly large, you know, part in the show. Um, but yeah, we'll just, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, yeah, I definitely wasn't expecting a reveal like that to be shown in this trailer. And I'm no, saying that no. the trailer did not need anything like that either to, <laughs> Just get us even more hype for it. It did that all on its own, just with the, seeing the Rebels characters in Ahsoka again. Yeah, I mean, just getting to, you know, finally get a good look at Thrawn, hear Ezra talk, hear Hera talk. That was one thing I was mm -hmm. glad about. She was the one character that I maybe was a little bit hesitant about um, as far as the look and everything. And I think, like, the costume and the makeup and everything looks great. I think for me it was the eyes. I was just, just from, like, the couple of quick glimpses we'd seen, I was like, mm, I don't know if that's working for me. Um, but seeing more of her just like in motion, hearing her talk, seeing the performance, I think it's going to all come together. So, um, I was definitely glad that we got, uh, you know, to see a, a good amount of Hera in this trailer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, like you said, they didn't need to put Rex in here. Like there was plenty of awesome stuff as it is. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's coming. Uh, again, don't want to get myself too hyped up and then <laughs> be set up for disappointment if it's not there. But at the same time, it's like, how can he not be, as we just said? <laughs> well, I mean, we should we should make like Ahsoka cameo bingo cards because you're, there's you know so many right. possibilities. <laughs> they, they could, you know, we could get Zeb, we could get Rex, we could get Luke, we could get, uh, you know, Force Ghost Anakin, or we could get flashbacks to Anakin and Obi Wan from Clone Wars, or I know I mean, you heck, and McGregor cameo. I mean, as a yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, can you imagine? Now, I don't know necessarily what purpose it would serve for the story, because I feel like any sort of like we're so far removed from the Clone Wars at this point, it's not like that's going to directly tie into the story. It's mm -hmm. you know, I the only reason I could really see them doing a um, a flashback would be like if Ahsoka was looking for some kind of artifact or some sort of hidden place like Mortis, maybe, I don't know that like she and Anakin and Obi-Wan once came across in the Clone Wars and there was like a direct story connection there. Um, I feel like any information that you need to know about her during the Clone Wars can kind of just be explained through exposition. But if they were to ever do some kind of flashback, like seeing 
her and Hayden. And, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be Rosario Dawson, but maybe somebody playing a young Ahsoka and and Hayden and Ewan together, like in the Clone Wars outfits in live action. I would just like implode. Um, <laughs> I mean, I kept I keep saying I've said this before too. Like the potential of having a scene with Force Ghost Anakin, Ahsoka, and Luke all together. Well, maybe Obi Wan could be part of that party likely. too. He could <laughs> I mean, be. He could be. I mean, then you um, go into the whole thing. Well, Hawkman doesn't look like Alec Guinness, as we saw him as a Force Ghost in the original trilogy. But you, you can do some universe explanation for that if you want yeah, to. I think. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I also think I don't know. Like, if they were to do a Force Ghost scene, I don't know if Obi Wan would make it too much mm. because just you know, I mean, Obi Wan is a special part of that group too. But I feel like, especially just the trio of Anakin, Ahsoka, and Luke like is such a, a special you know sort of connection between the three of them yeah um with you know anakin having his former apprentice who essentially was i guess not quite a daughter maybe more like a little sister to him um and then his son that he never really got to know but now ahsoka gets to have the relationship with him that he never had and you know just yeah. seeing the three of them together would be something really incredible um so yeah, that's certainly a possibility as well. Uh, I mean, shoot, we could get Callus. Uh, the, the other thing too, if we get Luke, like I'm sure we're probably going to see this in Dave's movie. Could we get it even set up here in the series? Maybe Han and Leia cameos. Um, <laughs> because I really, uh, like the more I think about it, the harder I find it hard to believe that like Han, Luke and Leia are not going to be the main characters of Dave's movie. You know, like how do you do I don't know about main characters, but I, that, as far as them being in it, I agree. Yeah, maybe not front and center main characters, but like important characters. Okay. You know, how, how are you going to have a, an heir to the empire adaptation, which like, again, you know, the original trilogy characters are the main characters in that book um, with Thrawn coming back, presenting a galaxy scale threat to the new Republic. And just have like Ahsoka and Mando and Boba Fett deal with it while Han, Luke, and Leia are in the background. Like, I just don't think that's going to happen. Mm. Um, and so, again, it's like, you know, are they going to maybe potentially tease that in this series to kind of get us prepared for that? I think it's definitely a possibility. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, getting the bingo card going is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> How and it feels, it, feels, it feels like we're getting way ahead of ourselves. And, uh, you know, but it's like, I, I really feel like there's at least a possibility for all that stuff. And I'm not saying that all of those things will happen, but I, I would be shocked if none of them do. Um, <laughs> and it sure is fun to think about and talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, you know, regardless of what the final tally ends up being, you know, it's just cool to see, you know, all these characters coming in from, um animation and making all these cool appearances and stuff um and then we see uh a shot of like this i can't tell if it's the same planet that balan and shin were on earlier with the star map and everything but um you know shin and sabine are fighting in this forest also interesting to note here that you can see on this close-up of shin she has a padawan break yeah 
Um, and so I think that's another interesting wrinkle to this whole thing about Balin being a former Jedi. I'm assuming, I mean, Shin looks like she's too young that she probably wouldn't have been around during order 66. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, again, when Balin says that, you know, when Thrawn comes back, it'll be, you know, power, like you've never dreamed of or something like that. Um, is he maybe trying to create his own version of a Jedi order, but maybe do it differently. You know, maybe he's sort of similar to Dooku in the way that he sort of like grew disillusioned with the Jedi of old, or maybe even like just after the Jedi fell, maybe sort of realized their mistakes or, you know, maybe got angry with the way they did things and decided like, Hey, I'm going to do my own thing. Maybe kind of go in a different direction, start some new type of order. Um, but clearly, I mean, whatever he's doing, um, I mean, he's, he's clearly not sticking to the light side because he's killing people. And he's allied with people that are trying to find Thrawn, but also he's keeping enough of the old Jedi tradition that this person that seems to be, you know, his apprentice or his student, like, has a Padawan braid. So what's the deal with that? So, yeah, um, very like, interesting. Still having some respect for the old Jedi ways, and or at least the traditions and how they went about. Maybe he still respects the master and apprentice relationship for how the Jedi did it, and he's carrying that on here. And like you said, maybe it is somewhere he's trying to build it back up in his own way. Obviously it seems like a more focus on the dark side way, but maybe not from his point of view um, type of thing. But yeah, I thought the same thing where she obviously has that Padawan braid, but yet still too young uh, to have been a Padawan um, during the Clone Wars era and before Order 66. So um, that, again, it's another interesting little wrinkle to throw in if that isn't the case where Balin is doing that and is having her have that Padawan braid because he still um, wants to have at least carry on that tradition of the Jedi when it comes to being having a master and apprentice. Um, but in that shot too, and this is like, like another really cool action sequence here. And, um, yeah, part of me wants to say yes, that it is that same planet that has the big star map and it could be where Ahsoka is facing down Balin. And as we see here, Sabine is going to face off against Shin as she, as Shin tells her, um, you have no power here. And there's that one shot of Sabine, which again makes me go back. Was she being trained in the force where she has her hand up as she's uh -huh. on the ground, almost looking like she's trying to do a, a force push there and maybe it doesn't work. And that's why Shin says you have no power. Um, so that those are, makes me think as far as leaning more towards of maybe she was being trained in uh, the force and we just didn't know she was force sensitive until um, it maybe it was discovered by Ahsoka and figured it was a way to uh, an opportunity to train someone within uh, the ways of the force with that. And maybe that led into kind of her decision as well for not wanting to train Grogu when uh, Din brings uh, him over to her to train. So uh, maybe that will be an aspect or maybe it is something in the trailer to throw us off where, cause it could just be doing where Sabine's saying like, hold on a second type of a scenario. But I definitely thought like force push uh, pose there. So um, we'll see, but it definitely does look like another cool fight uh, between the two characters with Sabine having Ezra's lightsaber going up against Shin. And I just like the environment of that forest at night. It just looks mm -hmm. uh, really cool. Yeah, it definitely does. I can't wait to see that planet. Um, and yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what angle they go with the whole Sabine training thing, because I think whether Ahsoka just decides to train her in the ways of the lightsaber because, you know, she started doing that with Kanan or if it is something where, you know, we find out she is somewhat force sensitive, like maybe has some kind of innate 
force sensitivity that she either just like never tapped into or maybe even developed it later. Um, but I also wonder if maybe, again, because Kanan started training her, because she has sort of developed this ability to, um, you know, use a lightsaber, but even like when Kanan's training her with the darksaber, he teaches her to, uh, you know, he, it, like he talks about the kyber crystals and the way that they're drawn to each other and sort of feeling the energy. And so it's not just about like sword fighting techniques, like he kind of teaches her to like be in tune with the more spiritual side of it if you will even if she's not like directly using the force and i wonder if maybe they'll play with the idea a little bit that because the force resides in all things that maybe with a certain amount of training like even people that don't have like super high midi chlorian counts or something that with the right amount of training and focus that maybe you can still sort of mm -hmm. tap into it in some way um I know that would kind of be a, a big deal and might be controversial for some people. And I, like, I definitely wouldn't want to see that done with just anybody. But again, the fact that we've seen Sabine trained with a lightsaber already and seen her kind of tap into that side of things just a little bit. Um, I think they could kind of pull that off if that's the way they wanted to go with it. But I think it'll be, uh, you know, like there's a lot of interesting possibilities and different ways they could go. But I think it's going to be really cool regardless. And just getting to see her in action with a lightsaber more like was definitely not something I expected coming into this show. Um, but, uh, you know, like I knew, you know, thinking about this before we had ever seen trailers or anything, one of the things I was, was excited about, I was like, they're going to have to come up with more like force sensitive villains for Ahsoka to fight because we're not like, if she's just fighting stormtroopers the whole time looking for Thrawn, like that's not going to be very interesting. Like there's gotta be like, you know, a, a leftover Inquisitor or something for her to fight. Well, little did we know that, like, we're going to get an Inquisitor. We're going to get more assassin droids with, like, lightsaber-resistant weapons so she can fight those. And then we got this Balin guy, and she can fight him. And then he's going to have this apprentice, Shin, who is going to have lightsaber duels with Sabine. And she might be Force-sensitive, too. Or, like, you know, at least is going to have some sort of apprentice relationship with Ahsoka. And so... um I don't know, there's just way more force users and lightsaber stuff going on with this show than I expected there would be, but I have absolutely no problem with that. Right. It was just also cool to get a shot of Sabine in her Mandalorian helmet again, because we obviously saw it just sitting on the table, but with her actually wearing it, and she does uses the cable, I think, to wrap up one of those assassin droids. Uh, just, I mean, we've seen a lot of Mandalorians in live action now <laughs> uh, with different types of armor, but it is kind of cool to finally see uh, Sabine's armor again in live action. It looks really cool. Just uh, seeing her just use the Mandalorian uh, arsenal that she still has. So I, yeah. I love that shot too. Yeah, that was definitely a cool one. And I think it's not actually one of the assassin droids that she's shooting the cable at. It's one of um, the magistrate's guards, like the same that we see on the um, on the planet Corvus in Mando season two. Okay. Um, okay. Like that's the, one, I mean. the, the ones that you see Ahsoka like moving through the forest at the beginning of the uh, the show and like or the, the beginning of that episode and cutting them all down. Yeah. Because um, it's a real quick shot, but I I was like, wait, where do I know that helmet from? And I went back and paused it, and I was like, oh yeah, it's those guys. <laughs> um, but then of course we also see, like you said, you know, we, we see, uh, Sabine and Shin fighting in that forest. And then you see Ahsoka and Balin fighting in the midst of that star map, which again, it's just such a cool visual yeah. for a lightsaber duel. Uh, again, especially as someone who's just fascinated by like Jedi lore and, and relics and ancient star maps and all that kind of stuff to just like have a lightsaber duel in the middle of this like ancient site or whatever. Um, 
with just that, you know, that cool, like holographic visual all around them. That's going to be a really cool scene. But, um, you know, as they're facing off, uh, Balin says, Anakin spoke highly of you. And uh, Ahsoka says, like, I'm not here to talk about my past. But um, that's going to be just another cool thing. And something that, you know, again, when I first heard that Balin was just a Jedi who survived Order 66, I was like, oh, you know, that's not super exciting. We've seen that done a lot before. But there's interesting stuff they could do with it. Um, but then, yeah, having him be like the main antagonist in an Ahsoka series and having him also have known Anakin um, and maybe, I mean, there's not much about Anakin that Ahsoka didn't know, but like maybe knowing him in a different way than she did, just, you know, him saying like he always spoke highly of you, sort of insinuating that like maybe she never met him, but Anakin did. Mm -hmm. Um it's just another way to kind of uh, another cool way to sort of link back to her past and kind of have a, a callback to him there. Um, and then of course in the trailer, when he says that, like you hear the Darth Vader breathing was cool. as the two of them are fighting, it's just such a cool moment. That was something I didn't experience while watching it the first time, <laughs> not having the volume on my phone too loud. But when I watched it again and heard that, I was like, Oh man, that, that's got to get some headphones, awesome man. I know <laughs> I probably should, but um, yeah, I think I might be more excited about, the potential dialogue we might get in that sequence and the actual lightsaber fight, because we know we're going to get a lot of great lightsaber fights. But if now that we know, obviously, Balin knew Anakin and just his line of dialogue just made me think immediately of uh, Dooku's line to Obi-Wan about Qui-Gon speaking very highly of him. Um, but just knowing that he knew, we don't know how much or how close of a relationship they had as Jedi, Balin and Anakin, or how much... Uh, time they spent together whether it was training or whether it was on missions but um he does know of him so and they've had conversations apparently so um just the fact again knowing that as you said two characters who knew anakin um are going to have a lightsaber duel and just maybe what balin might be saying to ahsoka here even though she doesn't want to hear it um does balin know that anakin became darth vader and uh, knew that he fell to the dark side and does he try to use that against ahsoka here in this lightsaber battle kind of maybe um trying to have her blame herself for that happening um and or does he know that he's been redeemed like all this stuff that you just can't help think about that's what makes it so exciting so exciting that having this series take place after return of the jedi knowing the events uh, that happened um where darth vader and anakin is dead but yet was has been redeemed and ahsoka knows that now um obviously knowing that she's been in contact with luke so there's just the potential of what um the dialogue that could be spoken here between these two characters uh, for people who knew Anakin as a Jedi is just really cool. So just, I loved hearing that bit of dialogue from Balin there, just acknowledging Anakin. And it's almost like in a way, I mean, uh, we, we kind of know what's going to happen where Hayden Christensen's going to be in this series, but officially we're like starwars.com or Lucasfilm hasn't said it, has said it officially, but it's almost like this hearing these names, drops of Anakin and just the references as Anakin the master to Ahsoka. It's like, this is a trailer's way of saying, yeah, he's going to be in it. We're just not showing or telling you exactly right now. But mm -hmm. uh, the presence of Anakin was felt in this trailer just by the name drops. And of course, with the uh, the noise of Vader breathing once Balin says that was just such a cool touch. So yeah, I just love the fact that um, the Anakin was felt in this trailer <laughs> without yeah. having to see him or actually hear any dialogue from it. It was just really cool. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely one of my favorite aspects of it for sure. And something I was not expecting was to just sort of feel that presence um, of Anakin throughout this trailer. Um, 
who's been a hot topic of discussion over the past couple of weeks, um, or I guess just the past few days, ever since that, that first clip dropped, um, where Dave is talking about Ahsoka and says, like, you know, she was trained by the greatest Jedi of all time and Anakin Skywalker, just kind of casually offhand. And people have blown it way out of proportion. And, you know, there's people <laughs> really? that are like, oh, Dave is so out of touch if he thinks Anakin's the greatest Jedi of all time. Like, just like the uh just like with Jason Sandula in the Lego set. It's like, you know, we hadn't had anything new in so long. People just needed something to argue about. Um, <laughs> of course. But uh yeah, I mean, so after that, um, you know, we see this interesting shot of Ahsoka uh running away from, you know, sort of like the temple ruins or whatever that we see her going into at the beginning and that we see in the beginning of the first trailer. Um, she's now running away from them towards her ship and it's exploding. Um, and so that makes me wonder, like, is somebody coming after her? Is it being like bombarded from orbit? Is that like a bomb going off? Is it some sort of booby trap and it's, you know, self-destructing uh, because she, you know, investigated somewhere that, you know, somebody was trying to keep her out of or something like that. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but um I, I am assuming that that whole sequence with that temple or that ruined shrine or whatever it is, is also going to be one of the first things that we see in the series. Maybe the first, um, like the, the first time we see Ahsoka, because it looks like she's completely by herself in this. Um, and so maybe we're first introduced to her in these ruins looking for something and maybe she finds whatever she's looking for. And then that's when she goes back to Hera and Sabine and, you know, sort of starts the whole quest. Um but yeah, it just looks like it'll be another uh, sort of cool action sequence to kick things off. And then we see uh, Hu Yang again, um, get a better look at him inside the cockpit of, again, can't really tell if this is the Jedi shuttle or I, I think it might be the Jedi shuttle that he's in. But then we see uh, Hera in, again, what is probably the ghost. And then she says that line, once a rebel, always a rebel. Um and then, uh, you know, we see Ahsoka and Sabine together in the cockpit of a ship. We see, you know, that shot that you were talking about with uh, Sabine shooting the cord out. Um, see Ahsoka, you know, fighting some more of those assassin droids. Um, and then there's a cool shot of Ahsoka flying her shuttle right towards, uh, you know, sort of right in between two of these uh, ships. And it's it's a new looking starfighter design, whatever these ships are that she's fighting against that are like firing these green lasers. Um, and you're right. I think in the first trailer, we do see Shin flying one of these, um, but maybe there's more of them. Maybe, you know, they might have like a whole squadron of these. Maybe it's the ships that like Morgan Elsbeth's guys fly. Um, cause we did see Sabine shoot one of these down earlier in the trailer. So I don't think it's just like Balin and Shin's ships. Um, but yeah, it's a new type of fighter design for, uh, whatever sort of non-imperial villain faction they're going to be fighting. I almost got, it's like one of those quick shots of the, of those two ships. It almost kind of looks like the shape of a B-wing. <laughs> it's like, kind of like if I pause it real quick, some of the direction that it's in it looks like it could almost be a b-wing it's not of course but yeah no, it, it invoked it, the b-wing feel to me it looks similar except it's not like in the, on a b-wing you know it's just sort of like one long fin with a cockpit at the end whereas this has uh you know like the cockpits in the middle and it's got wings going out on either side um 
but uh yeah you know we see Hera shooting her blasters so like we're gonna get to see her in action at some point um and then uh you know more of ahsoka running towards ships while stuff's exploding it actually looks like she's maybe chasing the inquisitor um as uh balin and shin's shuttle like it looks like that same one that they they fly towards that planet like that old uh clone wars era shuttle um is i'm assuming firing at ahsoka maybe firing at the inquisitor i don't know that's actually what i was thinking too maybe it's like because i don't think balin and shin are going to be aligned with the inquisitor i think the inquisitor is going to be something totally different and separate Hmm. um so they Maybe they are trying to get Ahsoka there, but maybe this, the Inquisitor is there, they're going to take him out too, or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe they're actually there for the Inquisitor. Um, but yeah, I just really think they're not going to be aligned together. Um, well, that would be interesting because, I mean, we also see Ahsoka fighting the Inquisitor, so we know she's mm-hmm. against all of them. Um, and we know that, you know, Inquisitors are aligned with the Empire, and Balin and Shin are looking for Thrawn, so I don't see why they would be at odds with an inquisitor unless he's maybe working for one of the other imperial warlords who's got their own agenda or something um i mean at at face value it looked to me because we we've seen other shots in this trailer of ahsoka in that same location like fighting the inquisitor fighting assassin droids so i'm thinking that maybe like she's fighting against the inquisitor and you know a few droids that are with him they they think they've got her outnumbered um, and she takes out the droids, you know, she's kind of got the Inquisitor on the ropes and he retreats. And so she's chasing after him, but then the shuttle comes to sort of like lay down covering fire and try to help him escape. Um, that's just sort of my take on it. But I, you know, could be wrong. I don't know. Because one thing I've been thinking about, too, because I've seen a lot of speculation about this Inquisitor could be the eighth brother who was the third Inquisitor on Malachor. Mm-hmm. Um, who seemingly died when his helicopter saber <laughs> busted and he fell. But, <laughs> yep. I mean, come on, that's not much of a death where he could easily get out of that. I mean, he could just do, use the force to brace his fall when his helicopter saber busted. But maybe that's, like, the reason he's after Ahsoka. Like, they were both stuck on Malachor, and knowing that she's the only other one maybe who got it off, got off the planet <laughs> other than Vader there, um, maybe he's seeking her because of their time together on Malachor and we'll learn more about him that way. So I think that could be kind of an interesting way to have an Inquisitor involved with this story. Because again, just having an Inquisitor around when the Empire's uh, not in power anymore just seems a little strange where like it has to be a remnant of the Inquisitorious words. Like, not like they're still actively out there hunting Jedi. So mm-hmm. uh, I do kind of like that idea of it maybe being the Ace Brother kind of just trying to track Ahsoka down. I don't know if it's for revenge or just uh, for both being survivors of that event on Malachor. So I don't know, but I kind of like that idea of that, uh, that having them having that connection there, if that is indeed who this Inquisitor is. Well, see, the the front of the mask looks very similar to the Eighth Brother, but like the back of the helmet looks way different. Um, because I mean, but, I mean, of... come on. The Fifth Brother looks really different. In I know, I know. But also, like, and because also this this guy looks just you know human, um, and the eighth brother was more alien and had, yeah. Like, did we have four... any good shots at his feet? Because that's how we could tell. <laughs> Not really, but um, I think you do get a good shot of his hand because he like 
the one of the final shots of the trailer is him um you know he's holding his lightsaber out and spinning it and it again just looks like a normal human hand and i think the um the eighth brother from rebels like only had three fingers um and yeah he had like more alien looking feet but he was also very much more kind of crouchy like almost had like a frog type of demeanor to him um whereas this guy just looks like a, a stand-up straight human it's one of those weird things where like again the sort of the faceplate on the mask looks too like almost too similar for it not to be the eighth brother and yet there's also enough differences that i'm like no i don't think it is but it could be and then obviously there's a still the speculation out there that maybe this is ezra mm -hmm. um and that he's either been brainwashed or you know decided to work for thrawn or whatever um there's certainly a possibility, but you know who knows. I don't know if you want to go to that final shot of the trailer. If you, there's a few things you want to mention before that, but well, yeah, no, I was kind of getting to that end there, where uh, it looks like he and Ahsoka might also be in that same forest, mm -hmm. or you, like if it's not the same planet, it's definitely like a forest at nighttime. So it very well could be the same planet that uh, she and um, Sabine are facing off against Balin and Shin on um and also fighting this guy out here and but uh, i mean it's just a real cool visual of him standing there facing her with the saber spinning and her standing there just with her saber behind her back just kind of in a, a ready position very calm look on her face um ready to kind of you know strike and try to get through his defenses and then it just ends on a close-up of their blades clashing um and then you know the ending the trailer with the fact that we're getting a two episode premiere August 23rd. Yes. <laughs> so um, as much as we're trying to kind of suss out like, okay, what happens first and what order are these events in? How much are we going to see in the first few episodes? At least we're going to get to see two episodes right off the bat, which I don't know about you, but this kind of made me think like the only other uh, Star Wars show that we've gotten a two episode premiere for, well, I guess with Andor, we got three. Um, but that made sense. Cause like those first three episodes were kind of shorter and they all, sort of formed a you know one little story arc where like the first two were a bit slower and then the third one was kind of like the action-packed uh sort of climax that the first two episodes had been building up to so i think it was smart of them to release those three together um but then like mando book of boba fett we've only ever gotten you know single episodes for those um but we got a two episode premiere for obi-wan and at the end of that second episode was when he saw vader for the first time after much hype and build up about Hayden Christensen returning. So I wonder if they're doing a two episode premiere because the end of episode two is when we're going to see Thrawn for the first time. It's going to end on a cliffhanger, that's for sure. <laughs> How that cliff what's that cliffhanger is going to be and who it's going to focus on? That's the question. Heck, maybe it is going to be uh Anakin again. <laughs> Just not as Vader. Possibly. Uh, yeah, it is cool that we are going to get two episodes to kick off the series and even what was also cool about Obi-Wan is they bumped up the premiere time where it aired at 9 p.m. Pacific time. If they could do that again for Ahsoka, I would really appreciate it. But if they don't, I'll be staying up late regardless. I'll be going. That's that true. I think part of the reason work. they I think part of the reason they did that is because it was, uh, you know, they released it right after um, it was premiering at Celebration. Yeah. Because um, I think they didn't want like spoilers getting out online. They were like, might as well just kind of let everybody see this around the same time. But um, yeah, I certainly would not complain if they did that for Ahsoka too. Nope. But yeah, I really love that last shot too of Ahsoka about to face down that Inquisitor. I just love it because that 
the Inquisitor is trying to show off with their cheap lightsaber tool they have that makes it spin so quick. And Ahsoka just standing there is like almost like, you done yet? Can we get this fight started? <laughs> it's like <laughs> she's been down this road before. She took down the Inquisitors uh, with ease in Rebels. So it's just like, this is almost nothing to her. She just wants to get this fight either over with or just find out who this Inquisitor is and why he's still around and attacking her. But I just love that expression on her face. As you said, just really calm. Ready to go, but at the same time, not impressed with how this Inquisitor is trying to intimidate her by spinning his, his lightsaber. So just yeah. a cool touch. Uh, just obviously seeing how how much experience Ahsoka has uh, over the course of her life and what she's been through. All this is really nothing. But yeah, just a cool visual too, just to see those lightsabers clash uh, to end the trailer on. But uh, I love that aspect of it. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm curious to see sort of the different story aspects and backstories and stuff of all these different villains because i'm thinking like obviously thrawn is you know the top dog but then like we've got three different lightsaber wielding force wielding villains in this you got balin you got shin you got the inquisitor you also have morgan elsbeth um i'm like that's a little crowded makes me think that one of them is probably only lasting a couple episodes mm -hmm. um like, it seems like the Inquisitor could be easily dispatched pretty early on, but then it's like, well, if that's the case, why have an Inquisitor at all when you've already got some other Force-sensitive villains to use? Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, maybe there'll be a, a really interesting story behind that particular Inquisitor or a, a reason they're there. Or maybe Balin and or Shin might have some kind of redemptive arc. And... Sure. Um, you know, maybe that Inquisitor ends up being more of a threat than we thought, and they help Ahsoka take him down or something like that. Like, you know, there's a lot of different ways they could go with it. But, um, yeah, man, what a trailer. Like, this was fantastic. Uh, you know, like I said, in the days leading up to this, we were all really hyped and chomping at the bit and, you know, wanting to get more of a glimpse at this show. And uh, this delivered pretty much everything I was hoping to see in a new trailer and then some. Um, and I am now, as if I wasn't already sufficiently excited before, like I am, I feel like like I'm good. My appetite is wet. I am ready to, to sit down and watch this on August 23rd and it just can't get here soon enough. Yeah, I mean, this is the Star Wars event of the year as far as, I'm concerned. I mean, obviously, we were really excited for Mandalorian Season 3 uh, to kick off. But even knowing that we were going to get Mandalorian Season 3 and Ahsoka, Ahsoka was always the one that was the top of my list, just knowing how special it could be. And judging by the two trailers we got, it's living up to uh, what I think it is, how special it will be. So I'm just really confident that it's going to live up to my expectations that I have for it, just based off these trailers alone. And yeah, I am I am good. I, I'm probably where Paul is at now. I mean, he didn't even watch the trailer, but obviously he knew he was, he saw all he needed to see going into the series. And I'm that way now where I probably don't want to see much more of it. Not that I'm afraid they're going to reveal any big spoilers or anything like that in future TV spots or um, small glimpses we might get, but just saving the rest for the true experience of watching this, the show for the first time. So yeah, I'll be totally content with just, watching these two trailers over and over if I need to get more hype for it. But I don't think that would be the case. I'm hyped for it enough already. And mm -hmm. I need to fill that time with uh, doing my Rebels rewatch. So I'll be, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll be good till the series premieres with Star Wars content to get me through for it. Yeah, no, I mean, I might watch a little more if they start putting out some TV spots and stuff. But um, yeah, for the most part, I'm good too. 
Um, like I said, this gave me pretty much everything I was hoping to see. I mean, this has got to be for me, this is up there among like favorite Star Wars trailers, yeah. especially like favorite Star Wars TV trailers. I was thinking, I was like, man, this has got to be like the best trailer they've ever released for one of these Star Wars series. And then I remembered the Obi-Wan one that they released that had like the Duel of the Fates in it. And I'm like, oh man, that one was pretty cool too. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, just, just all the stuff we got to see in here has got me super hyped. And it all, I mean, one thing we haven't really talked about either, like it just looks really good like yes. just visually production wise um i mean we talked a little bit about just like the looks of some of the characters but like the characters the costumes the environments the scale of everything the action like even just down to the looks of like the lightsabers and stuff um you know and obviously you know this is john and dave who you know have been doing the mandalorian and all this stuff up to this point and like that stuff just keeps getting better and better with what they can do with the volume and the visual effects and stuff but I mean, this just looks next level. Like, this could be a movie. Um, yeah, it feels very cinematic. Yeah, yeah. The the one maybe slight concern that I have that I'm sure is probably just from the stuff that we've seen in the trailers. I'm expecting that, you know, this won't actually be the case for, like, the entire series. But one maybe minor criticism that I could maybe see people having is some of these shots feel a little empty just because there's like some really big environments where it's just like ahsoka and one other character or something like that um and so i just hope and you know it's funny because uh like paul talks about this a lot and you sometimes hear people criticize how like with mando and some of this other stuff sometimes it can feel kind of confined where like they'll spend most of an episode going through starship hallways or like an imperial base or something and you can tell they're trying to like not let the budget get too big with the the environments and stuff and it's like this almost feels like the opposite where they've created this huge like temple ruin or this big outdoor planetary environment or this big shipping yard or something and it it feels like this giant large-scale space and then it's just like a couple characters fighting in it and it feels kind of small and empty um but again that's you know that's just from a few of the scenes we've seen here in the trailer. And obviously there's a lot more to see for the rest of the show. And I'm sure we'll see, you know, we will see some environments where it feels more populated. I'm sure, you know, we'll probably see some more people on Lothal, maybe see Coruscant at some point. So, um, but yeah, again, just the, the scale of everything, the visual effects, the, you know, the, the action, the cinematography of it, like it just, it looks like what you would expect Star Wars to look like. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, this looks pretty good for a Star Wars TV series. It's like, no, like if if you showed me this and said it was a trailer for a Star Wars movie, I would be satisfied. I'd be like, I'm excited to see this movie. Yep. Uh, that was the only thing that could be better, seeing it in a, on a big movie theater screen. <laughs> yeah. Just to get the full big scope of what it could be. Oh, man. Yeah. If there was ever a, a Star Wars thing that... Yeah, you know, a Star Wars TV series that needed to be big, seen on a big screen. I feel like it's this. Um, yeah, bring back those special preview screenings they did for the Clone Wars. Those are so much fun. Yeah, man. Or, you know, do something through like these Fathom events or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of big TV shows nowadays, even with, you know, Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon yeah. and Lord of the Rings. But heck, even for uh, for Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, they did do a few fan screenings where they showed like the first couple episodes in, in some movie theaters. Yeah, even um, if it's not like a premiere or something just even if we've seen them already and they aired just to watch them on the big screen with other star wars fans would be so much fun yeah definitely um so i'm still hoping that happens at some point but we'll see um 
but yeah, just great stuff. What a trailer. I am thoroughly hyped and uh, I'm like, I'm trying not to, to let my excitement levels get to the point where I'm like, oh man, this is going to be like the best Disney Star Wars ever. Like, cause I feel like I get really hyped for every Star Wars <laughs> thing that comes out. And so I'm trying to keep my expectations in check and realistic, but just from how good everything looks that we've seen so far combined with just, you know, hearing the cast and crew talk about it and, you know, their love for Dave and his passion for this character. And, uh, you know, then, like we said, just the potential for all the cool stuff we could see that we haven't seen yet. Um, it's just got me really excited and feeling like this show is really going to be something special. Yeah, it's hard not to feel that way with everything that we've been seeing and hearing and just even talking about it now uh, for almost two hours here. It's just, I cannot wait to dive into the series and just got to sit and break it down. It's just going to be a Star Wars event <laughs> like no other. Kind of how I felt with Obi-Wan going into that and the stuff we were going to get between him and uh, Vader again. This is kind of on that same level with going back to some familiar characters that we know and love and just seeing them in a brand new light and going to see him in ways uh we never thought we would uh, previously so there's so much to be excited about and everything is, is looking like it's firing on all cinders firing on all cylinders uh with uh, how these trailers are, are showcasing it it just looks fantastic yeah definitely well man i can't wait it's uh not going to be too much longer just a little over a month until we get to watch uh the first two episodes of ahsoka on august 23rd um and uh yeah obviously we'll be here talking pretty much every episode i know um well obviously it starts with two episodes so you know we'll probably just do one big review episode for those first two episodes um and then i'm actually going to be out of town for a wedding uh the following week and so we might not have an episode for that second week but then you know so maybe we'll just do another episode covering episodes three and four and then probably just once a week after that like we did for mando um because i'm third sure episode is probably gonna be a huge one where a lot of big stuff happens <laughs> i'm sure well at least i know i'll be able to watch the episode before i leave because i'm gonna be leaving either that wednesday or thursday i haven't bought my tickets yet but I'm, my cousin's getting married in jamaica so like we're, we're going out of the country for that weekend um but luckily like i'll be able to watch ahsoka first i just won't have time to like sit down and record with you guys and edit an episode and put it out or something so um, I don't know if you guys want to try to do one when I'm gone or we can just wait till I get back and, uh, you know, catch up on everything. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like you said, maybe it'll be something that, you know, we just can't wait to get on and talk about and it's going to be an excruciating wait, but I'm like, I'm sure every episode is going to be like that. Like yeah. <laughs> just, you know, with where this story is going and the amount of stuff we have to be excited about, like, <laughs> we're going to be back to some long episodes of the saga continues. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> wouldn't have it any other way yeah me neither um but yeah man i'm i'm ready i'm super hyped um but i think we've uh you know pretty much hit on all the main points of this trailer we wanted to talk about at least for now i'm sure we'll have more to talk about just you know getting hyped for it over the next coming weeks but um i know we put the the question out on social media as well just to ask other people uh you know what they were thinking about the trailer and what they were excited about and stuff so what kind of responses did we get yeah so first up andrew haley responded saying i love the trailer i'm super excited for ahsoka and then burksba said still in disbelief that we are getting live at live adaptions of star wars rebels characters 
looks fun, amazing, stressful, and excited to see this next phase in Ahsoka's journey. Also looking forward to your episode or your podcast episodes. Well, thanks for that, Perksma. Hope you enjoyed this uh, discussion on the trailer. And then Caleb chimes in saying, excited for whatever the storyline with Sabine potentially means. Entire trailer looked amazing, and it will be difficult to pull back the reins of my excitement. And he posted a great uh, gif of Ahsoka telling uh, Ezra that just when you think you understand the Force, you find out how little you actually know. And mm. I'm hoping that's the case with this series. Because then it brings up some awesome new uh, perspectives on the Force. Like I'm all for that stuff. So here's hoping that's the case. You know Dave is... is itching to add more of that stuff in. I mean, with Clone Wars, we got Mortis. With uh, Rebels, we got the World Between Worlds. So I'm sure there'll be some new Force mythology in this series that we're going to learn about for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm really hoping. And then uh, Hasten Scar Scarborough says, the trailer looks amazing and bring on the series. Yes, I think we all feel that way right now after watching that trailer. Yeah. Yeah, just give it to me now. Um. But yeah, thank you guys for chiming in with your thoughts. Glad to hear you're all as excited about it as we are. I'm not surprised in the least. I mean, I don't think I've heard a bad thing about this trailer. Um, I'm sure they're out there if you're looking for it, but who wants to? I, yeah, kind of like as I'm trying, <laughs> as I'm trying to think back now, I'm like, I'm sure I've like I've seen so many reactions and stuff. I'm sure I must have seen something that wasn't positive, but like. It's, for the most part, just overwhelming positivity and excitement and just people being hyped for this show. And those are my kind of people. Those are the Star Wars fans I want to be around. So, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for, for chiming in with your thoughts. Of course, if you want to uh, interact with us online, you follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Uh, we're also on Facebook at uh, Star Wars The Saga Continues. Um, I don't know. Maybe we should make a Threads account for for everybody that's on there. I'll tell you what. Like, I I started Threads, but like, I still just spend most of my time on Twitter. Like, Threads is just almost the exact same thing, but with a couple missing features that Twitter has. Like, you can only search for people. You can't search just like topics and hashtags and stuff. Mm, and so, okay. um, yeah, I haven't tried it at all yet, but I yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously, like it it got off to a huge start. Um, but just, you know, aside from some of the issues that people have been having with Twitter and, you know, the way that Elon Musk is running things, like just as far as features on the, the app and the site and everything, like I, I don't know why you would pick threads over Twitter when it's kind of the same thing, but just missing a couple things. Um, but maybe we'll get on there at some point. I don't know. Um, but also, of course, you can check out our website at StarWarsTSC.com. Email us at StarWarsTSC at gmail.com. Um, also welcome to maybe any of you that are listening for the first time on Spotify or Amazon music. We finally got our podcasts on there. Um, after, uh, way too long, we should have had that on there a long time ago, but yes. Um, and I apologize for that. I'll take the blame. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I should have gotten on you about it more. Like Tim does all our podcast posting, but you know, I edit this stuff and send it to him, but, um, yeah, it ended up being way easier than we thought it would be. So yeah, um, <laughs> which just makes me realize that I should have done this a long, long time ago. Yeah, and then, you know we've we've had some people ask about it in the past, but um, yeah. So hopefully, I, I know uh, you know some people have been listening on the website and waiting for us to add it to some of those other places. So um, you know, like I said, welcome to anybody new that's listening on there for the first time. Um, and uh, if you want to help us out, go ahead and, you know, if you enjoy the podcast, leave us a review on, uh, on you know, 
Amazon or Spotify or even on iTunes. You know, I think it's been a while since we got any iTunes reviews. So help us spread the word, uh, you know, and, and get established on some of these new platforms and stuff. We appreciate it. Um, that's going to do it for now. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time and may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. <laughs>